In episode 118 of the XJ Talk Show, we go from Easter eggs to stolen Jeeps and this week in Jeep. We hear from our newest contributor to the show, Rob, with his first Wrangler Tech segment on bumpers, and Steve shares some great winching techniques and Jeep tips. We have some more great voicemails this week and one from a European listener. We share a five-star iTunes review from XJ Jake. Not to mention we take another look back into my subconscious, all that and some hot ball joint talk as well on the next XJ Talk Show. Wave, ball joint! Talk Show News Desk. Federal agents raid Texas gun shop and find weapons. In other news, cows lose their jobs as milk prices drop. Full report coming up right after this. Hey, stud. It's time for the XJ Talk Show. Now, here's my two favorite boys, Tony and Josh. Well, welcome to episode 118. That's uh, like 118 or something, isn't it, Josh? Something like that. I, I lost uh, count after all the fingers and toes, and I'm just looking at some random numbers here. So either way, I'm glad we're up into the triple digits now. It's a lot of fun. I have this really weird uh, counting system. I, I can go to 21, and then I put a mark on my body. So it's like 21, and then I start counting at 22, and there's another mark. And I guess it's like tattoos. I promised myself I'd never get a tattoo, but... Uh, I guess I'm doing it uh, with 118 marks or, or whatever it would be. Uh, I have to count the marks, Josh. I'm, I'm off. You know, I didn't think this through. I never pictured you as a cutter, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee whiz. Well, guys, uh, as you may uh, may remember, we're uh, here from the xjtalk.com website, and uh, we're uh, really happy to be here. We're happy to be anywhere, I think, Josh, especially on a Thursday night. You getting ready for Friday night? Oh, man, I cannot wait. Yeah, Friday, uh, be looking forward to it. Hey, we're going to have a lot of great stuff here on the show. We've got a couple of great segments, including our new Wrangler segment, uh, which we have not named yet, Josh. And uh, we've gotten a couple of uh, suggestions. One was the topless segment, but I'm afraid that would require us to remove our shirts. Yeah, and I don't think anybody wants to see that. So we might have to <laughs> we might have to move to Plan B. But uh, you guys keep on calling in with those suggestions, and we'll keep airing them. Yep, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere. Uh, we'll uh, really appreciate any suggestion that you may have. So. Uh, Keep them coming. Yeah, we got uh, a couple stories for you in this week in Jeep, and I uh, got some voicemails, a couple stories to share with you guys, all kinds of good stuff. Got a lot of stuff to get to in the show, so we'll hopefully be able to get to it all. Hey, this is the XJ Talk Show, a podcast about Jeep Cherokees, off-roading, and the tech you need to get there and back. We're here to promote the web's most premier website for all that is Jeep Cherokee, xjtalk.com, the friendly and most helpful Jeep site on the web xjtalk.com encourages answers to all questions and concerns that the first time xj owner typically has without flaming or criticism all while giving you the best most in-depth articles and write-ups for the repairs and modifications that take your average xj to the next level now get ready it's the xj talk show first week in g the Easter eggs have been uncovered, folks. And I know it's not even St. Patrick's Day yet, and I'm already talking about Easter. But it's not the holiday I'm referring to. No, it's the little tidbit of information I mentioned on episode 117. That would be the episode right before this one. Just last week, where I discussed the seven things Jeep is focusing on in 2014. And item number six was the fact that Jeep is going to be doing its best to maintain a focus on its heritage. Now, whether it's by keeping the iconic trapezoidal wheel arches or with hidden Easter eggs, you can expect Jeep to remain, well, Jeep. Now, what is an Easter egg, you ask? Well, it's not a tie-dyed, hard-boiled, double-A large stashed in the center console. <laughs> nope. In the case of Jeep, well, it's a way for Jeep engineers and designers to have some fun while giving a nod to Jeep's heritage. It's those eggs, those little Easter eggs, that had some of you, like Rich Young via Twitter, digging into some research and supplying me with this week's first story. Now, many of the Easter eggs are already out there. Some of you, uh, some of these have uh, most likely been seen as they have been around for nearly four years, hiding in plain sight. And some will come later on in the year, but so far the list is pretty cool. Now, with things like the image of a Jeep grill on the windows of all JKs produced since 2010, next time you see one in traffic, look at the top center of the rear, uh, top center of the windshield right in front of the rearview mirror, and you're sure to see it. Some JKs also have the image of a Jeep climbing the corner of the windshield on the lower right-hand corner. Now, there is a small silhouette of an MB on the wheels of the Sahara and Rubicon models as well. And for those who don't know, the MB was the designator for the iconic Willys Army Jeep. Now, our beloved 2014 Cherokee got several. 
with an image of a Willys Jeep on the center display when parking, and also has the telltale seven-slot grille and headlights under the hood, and this can also be seen in the radio of the 2014 Cherokee. Upon closer inspection outside the vehicle, you would find the MB silhouette on the corner of the windshield as well. And that's not all. For those who are extremely adventurous, the coordinates of Hell's Revenge and a trail map have appeared underneath the seats of certain models of the 2014 Cherokee. Now, I'm guessing these only pop up in the Trailhawk versions for obvious reasons. Now, if you know of any others, man, I would love to hear about them, so uh, please let me know. In our other story, um, it's not just another stolen Jeep, and those two words don't ring very well with any of us, stolen Jeep. A guy by the name of Donovan Dorosky, he's in Seattle this week to prepare for a bone marrow transplant that could potentially save his life. He's been diagnosed with stage 4 Hodgkin's lymphoma just about two years ago. The custom Jeep Cherokee that he had, uh, well, it distracted him from his physical battle. His custom Jeep was stolen Tuesday night from his motel parking lot. He got the surveillance video and hopes the public, you guys, uh, can help him get his wheels back. He says just about a month ago he got the thing. He's 20 years old. He's from Hood River, Oregon, just outside of my neck of the woods. He's been saving up for a long time to get it, and he was pretty disappointed that someone would do this sort of thing. Now, the video surveillance video from the hotel near Denny Park shows someone casing the parking lot, trying the locked door of the 99 Cherokee, seeing that it was locked, and then left. Only return less than an hour later, the suspect unlocked the car with a key nonetheless and drove it off. It's devastating, says his father, Keith Dorosky, who will be Donovan's marrow donor in a couple weeks. Donovan's already going through quite a bit. The Jeep was just one of the things he used to focus on to get his uh, mind off of all the physical things that are going on in his life right now, dealing with the cancer. The vehicle is a 99 white two-door Jeep Cherokee with bushwhacker fender flares, large tires, and a decal that says XTC Truck and Toy across the top of the back window. Jeep has Oregon license plates, and the number is 710-GQK. If you see it, please, guys, call Seattle Police. Let's see if we can't get this kid's XJ back to him. Hey, if you guys know uh, a story that you think should be aired here on the uh, This Week in Jeep segment, or you'd like to submit a story to be aired on This Week in Jeep, please send an email to newstips at xjtalk.com. Absolutely. Man, I hate to hear about that. Uh, was it a red Jeep? No, it was white. <laughs> <laughs> but it was. Uh, the, there's a uh, a link I posted up on xjtalk.com. I posted up a picture of this as well, uh, showing the Jeep and the and license plate number. It looks like he's got around 32 or 33-inch uh, BFG all-terrains. Uh, it's a very, very clean white late model XJ, uh, slightly tinted windows. It, it, it's... It, it's not an extreme rock crawler. It's just a very, very clean two-door late model Cherokee. And uh, this kid obviously has a lot of passion, a lot of pride in it. And it's just a, really a damn shame that, that, that this happened. Obviously, the thief didn't know he was stealing from a cancer patient. But nonetheless, it's a bad situation. And hopefully, we can get this kid's uh, Cherokee back to him soon. Well, you know, sometimes, it, it, especially these days, it doesn't seem to matter to anybody uh, who they're stealing from or what. They're just uh, going to take it and... Uh you know, good for them and, and bad for the uh, the person they're taking it from. So, so yeah, yeah. definitely sorry to hear about that. Uh, and uh, hope the uh, prayers uh, to the uh, the young man and uh, for remission in his cancer. Indeed. Hey, on a uh, a more upbeat note, uh, we are going to have our first Wrangler segment. And again, we're uh, we're looking to you guys to help us name the the said Wrangler segment. Uh, something colorful, something uh, that uh, might. Uh, uh, titillate and uh, bring in uh, more viewers and listeners. Uh, we did have one person suggest uh, the, not, I don't think it was the topless segment, but it was topless, uh, topless tips, or <laughs> that might be kind of redundant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and if there's a Freudian slip in there, we might get in trouble. <laughs> so I uh, want to welcome Rob to the team. And uh, you heard uh, the little promo that uh, he did up for us on the last show. And uh, now we're going to talk, or uh, not talk, but now we're going to hear from Rob and uh, in his first segment, uh, hopefully a, a long time uh, member here. Let us know uh, what you'd like to hear about uh, on uh, this uh, Wrangler segment. And uh, Rob actually leaves some information uh, here that you can contact him uh, to let him know what you'd like to hear about. Hey guys, I'm Rob from CoolGuysStuff.tv. I am joining the boys over here at the XJ Talk Show to bring you a brand new segment about Wranglers. We, we kind of promoed this last week, and today we're going to get into it. So let's start with this. I've had many Wranglers in my time. I've had, oh shoot, probably six or seven of them, dating back from the early 90s all the way to my, my current one is a 2011. 
What I've noticed is that, like most others, I love to get a hold of this thing and start doing stuff to it just to kind of make it my own. And some things are, some things are hardcore and some things are really simple, but there is no better way to give your Wrangler the look that you're going for than a quick lift with some wheels, tires and bumpers. Uh, they seem to make everything look differently. Now, there's been all kinds of bumpers out there from all kinds of companies and all kinds of price points. Uh, what I've noticed though, when the new body style of the Wrangler started being made, a lot more companies started putting design into their bumpers. So they, you know, the car is the new Jeep body style looks uh, a lot different than the old one. Um, and for some reason, there's something about it. Maybe it's because it's a little wider or something, but it just looks like a beast when you put some heavy-duty bumpers on it with a, with a lift and some tires. Um, what I want to talk about today specifically is the rear bumper tire carrier combo. Uh, there are a lot of them out there, and they all have different price points and different features, but there is no other rear bumper tire carrier combo on the market that comes close to this thing that I've seen. It's called the Rock Brawler 2. It's by a company called Poison Spider. I'm sure you can find them online. Um, and this thing is built like a tank. It will survive a nuclear holocaust. It is crazy in design and it's really, really cool looking. So what they've done is they've made this thing super hardcore by design, you know, in the build and all this other stuff. But they, but they gave it a little, they gave it a lot of style. So you're really going to find, if you're looking for that rear bumper tire combo thing going on, you're really going to find that the design of this thing will make your Wrangler look hot. Uh, it's built solid from CNC laser cut brake form plate steel for one, which makes it super strong. You know, and the designs are all re all the angles are reinforced, that kind of thing. The tire cover part is a, the tire carrier part, I mean, is Built based on a triangle, which is, you know, the strongest shape that you can possibly have in design. Um, and it is angled and cut for high clearance as well as avoidance on those corner rocks and that kind of thing. So it's really got a sexy look to it. Uh, and it's built, built to, to withstand the hardest core trails that you can possibly put it through. Now, the, the, the actual design of the bumper is, um, it's pretty cool looking because of all the angles, but it does have, uh, a couple cool features about it too. One being the recovery shackles. Uh, they went ahead and welded on a three quarter inch recovery shackle, two of them, uh, made out of that same CNC steel. And they are pretty heavy duty as well as, um, Something a little different, which you find in some, but it's not very often you find uh, recessed backup lamps already built into the bumper. So on the bumper, you literally they literally have the cutouts, and it's all machined nicely to have uh, recessed backup lamps. And when I say recessed, I mean they set in a little bit so they don't, you know, they don't break basically. Uh, they're two and a half inch LED lights, so you can either buy them from them. Or you can actually, you know, just get some aftermarket ones and put them on, put them in yourself. Uh, simple to install, really cool looking, and actually a great feature if you've ever been out on the trail at night. There is no such thing as a street light out there. So, so backing up is really nice when you got a little extra lighting. Aside from that, they give you this cool little, um, this cool little license plate relocation spot that sits in the middle of your tire, which is, uh, which is kind of cool because that license plate gets bent up and tore up all the time when you when you come across things, uh, whether it be rocks or trees or or anything. I've seen it a lot where so it's kind of a nice little perk, nothing too great. Um, the way this thing is designed is that we, as you're going across the bumper towards the middle, they have a big notch cut out of it, and that notch is designed to fit a 42 inch tire. And I'll tell you why in a minute, but. It is, it makes it look really cool and it also gives the whole look while it's on your vehicle. A, um, it gives it a great look, almost a factory look. And it, and you also don't lose any visibility from that notch, believe it or not. So 
they went ahead and integrated the two inch uh, hitch into the bumper instead of just the the rock brawler one. You know, the original one had a cutout for the factory, uh, but the factory one sits a couple inches lower. So you you'd clip that a lot when you're coming off of rocks and stuff. But so what you have here is you have one built it right into the bumper and it gives you that extra couple inches. And plus the design and the shape of it is designed to to kind of slide off anything that you may may bottom out on. Um, moving on though to the tire carrier. So the tire carrier is a two-way moving part. That means uh, you can move it up and down or in and out. Now, remember I told you about that notch for the 42-inch, up to 42-inch tire. Uh, what you could do is, because the tire carrier cover, or, or the, not cover, the tire carrier part drops down or moves up, it allows you to drop it down when you have a big tire on it and it, and it sits the tire lower to the ground on the vehicle. You know, it doesn't go past the bumper, but it gives it that few more inches so you have great visibility out the back window as well as not look like you got this monster thing just stuck to the roof of your car, you know? So it's really a nice feature when it comes to just the way they designed it. They really thought that out well. Um, <clears throat> and in and out is so when you have the fat tires that you can kind of, you can kind of push that tire cover out or carrier out, or you can recess it in if you got the thinner one and, and keep it clean on there. There is an option that you can have an hi, uh, that your hijack mount directly. They have a mount for it basically. And it's an extra 69 bucks to the price, but you know, 70 bucks to get that jack up out of the way. You're golden. So that covers a lot of the cool things. One cool thing about it before I, before I leave the carrier part is when you, when you bring this, when you bring that carrier to the hinge, it's got this really cool looking spider web, obviously poison spider designs. They gave it their own flavor, but it looks really cool. It makes it look really hardcore. Um, that leads us to two of probably the best features and the, the, um, the features that sets it apart from any other bumper that I've seen. It is a single action opening tailgate. So what I mean by that is the, the tire carrier actually mounts to the tailgate. So you can, with one hand, use your factory opener on your, on your tailgate, you know, the handle, and you can open it and swing it out. So if you think about it, though, the, the design of that is it's pretty trick because you have two moving parts swinging at two different pivot points and they need to be they need to stay together when they do it so they, they put a lot of design into uh the way they attach that and there's actually a youtube video that you could check out by the uh by the boys over there at, Spy at poison spider that they actually show you all of the details that they've done for this bumper but the fact that it opens from the tailgate is a huge perk for those of you that had um, any of these kind of bumpers before. You know it really sucks when you got to swing out the tire, then you got to open the tailgate. It drove me nuts. It almost makes it not worth buying the tire cover. Almost, not quite, but but it's so to me it's so annoying and inconvenient that it, I really didn't like that. This resolved that issue and it resolved it well. Um, there's there's no rattling around there's no nothing it's super tight to that tailgate so you just kind of you when you open it and close it it's locked in tight let's move on to the hinge assembly now the hidden hinge assembly is also something very different than i've seen on any other uh, jeep kind of consumer product that you could just buy right off the floor it is extremely heavy duty uh, it's also uh, a cnc machine spindle and housing it's it's at the same location as you see all the others. So it sits kind of towards the end of the, the bumper and it's welded right to the top. And uh, inside that spindle and housing is a pair of uh, Timken tapered roller bearings. So this thing is super smooth and quiet. It's, it's packed with grease and it's topped off with a really cool weatherproof um, poison spider custom cap that they put on there. And this thing is... Um, 
it's built to last the, for years, the, the test of time, you know. It has something like 10,000 miles of, of, I guess, driving on that before you have to service the bearings and stuff in it. Uh, so that is literally thousands of opening and closings of that of that tailgate. Now, it is cool, though, that you can service them. So part of, of being so high level you have uh you have to keep everything quiet and and rattling around they they use the best stuff they they actually take some technology that comes on different RVs about things and they um and they packed it into this this assembly this hinge assembly so you can take that top off and you can repack those bearings and you can change them out if you ever needed to and you can do all that other kind of stuff so so it really makes this thing last forever now there's one small speed bump for a lot of us, it's a speed bump. For some of you, it's not. But uh, for me, it seems a little costly. Not that it's overpriced because the technology and the quality is so high in the design and in the build that it's definitely worth the price. It's just expensive for a bumper. The MSRP on it is $16.29.90. So $1,629.90. That's that's kind of steep for one bumper, right? I mean, most bumpers you'll find out there they they're starting to push that limit now anyway, but it's just a big chunk of change for one bumper. You can get them you can get the bumper directly from them, however, for $1479, which is, you know, save you 100 and what? 140, 150 bucks. Don't forget to add the 79 or the $69 uh Jack mount, so that brings it up to another, you know, by the time you get done with tax, another 80 bucks. So, you know, this thing can get costly quick. It's powder coated, obviously, with a super thick powder coating that, that should hold up. And, um, and if you're gonna buy the bumper, if you're gonna, if you're gonna go for the, the expensive, you know, investment, and it is an investment because the one time you drop off a steep rock and you smack it with a factory bumper or something, you realize that your car is going to be affected by it. Your, the body of your vehicle will be affected by it. So investing in, in bumpers like this are, are really kind of smart. Uh, but uh, if you can swing it, you definitely, hands down, no doubt about it, should go out and get one of these Rock Brawler 2 rear bumper tire carriers by Poison Spider. It is Again, I can't say enough good things about this. I am personally saving my pennies today so I can get mine. So, guys, that is about it for us. I hope that this segment works out fine for you guys. If there's anything that you guys actually want me to cover or if there's anything you want to hear, uh, just feel free to kind of email the guys in at the show and they will pass that on to me. You can also email me direct if you'd like uh, at rob, R-O-B, at Cool guy stuff, C O O L G U Y S T U F F dot TV. And you can request, um, you could request a review or you, if you want me to hit on something or talk about something, just go ahead and send me that info. I am more than happy to oblige. You guys can also find me at www.coolguystuff.tv or check me out on Twitter, X Rob Spencer X. That's X R O B. S-P-E-N-C-E-R-X. It's a great place to show off your Jeeps, kind of share some stories. Until then, Jeep family, have a good week. Well, I can't thank Robert enough for uh, submitting that little segment there. Really appreciate having the uh, the extra help and, uh, and a little bit of extra content here in the show. And uh, obviously, you gave us some contact information there. If you guys like would like to, well, submit something uh, for him to, to touch on. That's cool. You could also give us a, a call on our 24-7 voicemail line at 530-675-4102 with your, uh, with your suggestions for Rob's Wrangler segment. So uh, moving right along, guys, um, we're trying to diversify a little bit here with things like some Wrangler tech for you guys. We're going to get all kinds of tech going for you this evening. We do have a Jeep tips coming up later in the show, but right now I'd like to go ahead and and well, uh, give some thanks to where, where some thanks is due to some of our new YouTube subscribers. Now, last show, we weren't quite at the 400 mark, and well, some people stepped up to the plate, and we're now well over 400. 
And uh, so I don't have the tally on exactly who the 400th person was. I know we had said we were going to try and make a little pomp and circumstance and kind of a big deal about who that 400th person was. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and do that for the 500th person. <laughs> See if we can't get some software in here to yeah, actually let us know when that 500 mark actually hits. But uh, first person on the list I'd like to pay some homage to would be Brian McDonald, our newest subscriber here on our YouTube channel. And also like to welcome uh, Taylor Hines uh, for joining us and uh, bringing us to that, to helping bring us to that 409th subscriber count. Indeed, we have a Mad Matt on board as well. <laughs> That's a cool name. So glad that he's on uh, on here as well. And we'll round out our list with uh, Keith Evans. And uh, if you guys keep subscribing to our uh, uh, to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash xjtalk, we'll be doing uh, all these names for a long, long time to come. Nothing wrong with that now, is there? <laughs> <laughs> not, not a thing. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, we had, uh, I thought, well, look, I'm getting an email. I see that uh, this is going to be our 400th uh, subscriber and I went over to, to look at the count, and it was 401. So two people <laughs> subscribed almost simultaneously. I, I thought I actually might be able to tell who the 400th was, but uh, unfortunately not, and it's just not fair to name one over, over the other. So uh, we'll wait for the 500th and uh, see if we can't figure out a way to, uh, I don't know, get these people in a line. So instead of this parallel type stuff, that makes it difficult to see who crossed the finish line at the at the right time. Yeah, it does. But that 500 mark is going to be a big deal, guys. We're, we're definitely going to have to uh, make something of that. And it's definitely a good goal to hit. We'll just keep on rolling right along. Make sure you guys are telling a friend uh, about our YouTube channel. Of course, it's how you can participate, join in, and watch the live events as they happen only on Thursdays and only at 10 p.m. Central Time. Of course, we have a ton of other content on our YouTube channel. We encourage you guys to check it out. Tony's always posting up cool videos on there of all sorts of stuff. And of course, the show archive of our live shows is on there as well. You know, I haven't done any uh, uh, videos here in a while, and uh, hopefully very, very soon. I, I know this is like a tease, but there will be some uh, off-road videos in the, the nice red Jeep coming very, very soon. Hey, Josh, well, let's get into our favorite segment, Chit Chat. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of, uh, of uh, some wheeling and wheeling videos, you know, I, I mentioned uh, here in the last few shows that I had gotten a, uh, gotten a GoPro uh, video camera there, uh, yep. one of those little sport cameras uh, for Christmas. And uh, I recently went on a wheeling trip, and unfortunately, I don't have any video footage uh, to give you guys. And that's because well, my GoPro <laughs> is in the Philippines right now. And uh, yeah, I've got, I've got, I know, right? How the hell did okay. it get there? <laughs> completely random no i've got a buddy who's uh who's uh, took a little two-week trip out to the philippines and and he really didn't have anything other than a point and shoot to take with him i was like look man you're going on a trip of a lifetime here take this i insist you know just you know, make sure it comes back you know i'd like to get it back but you know uh, here take the gopro it's gonna have a, you're gonna have a lot of fun make sure you get some good footage that's all i ask so uh but i did go up this last weekend with uh west 92 war wagon and his buddy Donovan, who just got a new-to-him 96XJ. And I've talked about a little bit about that over the last couple shows. won't go into too much detail about it. But we had a good time. This is a shakedown run for Donovan's, uh, Donovan's Cherokee. Uh, it's his first time wheeling it. Uh, really, he's only driven it a few times. It's a toy. He bought it as a toy. And, and so it's rarely going to see any street time. Uh, and uh, he, we were going to trailer it up there to uh, the Tillamook State Forest, the Browns Camp wheeling area. Um, but he didn't have the right uh, the right straps to tie it down, and I wasn't about to let him load up a Jeep onto a trailer and and secure it unsafely. So uh, we drove it out there, which was a good test to make sure that, one, uh, this thing could drive out to the trails and drive back, which it did, and it did just fine. We did have a couple of bugs out on the trail. Uh, his transfer case didn't want to stay into four low. We had to do some last-minute uh, linkage adjustment uh, uh, trail side underneath the Jeep. That was a little fun. It reminded me back in the days when I, when after I first lifted my Jeep, having some fun with getting the linkage adjusted to get it to stay or even go into four low. We've got some stuff to do. I think he might end up needing to do a full rebuild on his 231 that he has under there. Uh, I didn't hear any chain rattling, but something tells me that the uh, the little pads on the shift fork inside that 231 transfer case are worn and or missing, uh, if anything. So we'll have to tear into that and uh, and check that out and see what uh, what's all happening with that. But Wes's Jeep did very well. He took the family out there. Uh, Donovan had his uh, his family out there. I was running solo that time. I just had a camera and a cooler with me. I had some lunch, and, and we had a good time. It was kind of a short wheeling trip, but 
nonetheless, um, took him out and, and, uh, we, we were going off for a quick run, only going to hit a couple of trails and we actually went and made some pretty good time. And none of us were really ready to call it a day yet. So we wanted to maybe hit one last uh, section of trails. So I took him on the other side of the mountain to an area called uh, Bates Road. And I know you're thinking Norman Bates and, you know, ching, 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 and a knife in the shower. No, it's not quite that bad, but it is one heck of a hill climb trail. And I'm talking a massive change of elevation. And the trail isn't all that severe. There's bypasses for some of the stuff that gets a little bit underdug and whatnot, but it is a pretty substantial hill climb. You got to put a little skinny pedal into it and you got to get a good run at it if you want to make it all the way up to the top. Well, uh, we all did. No problem. Uh, there was, uh, some, I'm not going to call it any names, but, uh, there was a wife in one of the vehicles that got a little sketched out. She's a little afraid of heights and, and we were certainly up there in altitude, but, uh, we had a lot of fun nonetheless. So well, that's, that's why uh, the emergency duct tape is there. That's right. Or, you know, we'll just put a bag <laughs> over her head next time. So, <laughs> oh, oh, you didn't go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I did some bouncing around it. The, the, the bypasses are still a fairly good challenge on the Bates road section on, on these trails. Um, I of course did not take the bypasses. I was up there to have a little bit of fun. Uh, and, uh, and I've been on these, on this section of trail several times before. Uh, but as I came down from these sections of trail, I noticed my front end was making a little bit of uh, noise that it hadn't made before. And, uh, and I think I might have hit the skinny pedal a little bit too hard or just uh, hit a bump just not quite the right way. Now, I, I really wasn't thrashing on it. I really hadn't hammered it down all that hard. I hadn't, I've, I've certainly wheeled my Cherokee a lot harder than what I did this last weekend. Uh, so I, was, you know, I wasn't too terribly concerned because I know I hadn't really put it through its paces all that hard. Uh, but nonetheless, it was definitely some cause for some concern. Uh, but, uh, upon fur further inspection, I de uh, determined that my front passenger ball joints have, uh, and I don't know exactly which one upper or lower, uh, in any case, they all are going to get replaced. Uh, but I thrashed a ball joint pretty good, uh, as the front end was kind of have a little bit of a shimmy and definitely had a little bit of a clunk to it, uh, as I was heading home and coming down off the trail. So here in the very near future, I'm going to be happy to do some ball joints. Well, you know what? <clears throat> that might be the, the the popping noise that I was hearing on the 99 when it would back out of the driveway, since, uh -oh. you, since you mentioned that. Now, uh, I don't know uh, how many of you guys follow XG Talk on uh, Facebook and Twitter, but I recently uh, posted a picture up on Facebook and Twitter of the, uh, the 99 that has uh, on the passenger tire half of the tread missing. Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, you could almost draw a line down the middle of that tire and uh, see half the tread uh was was it's just it's a very nice tire on half and not a nice tire on the other half and it was the uh the outside portion of the uh of the wheel now i've done some stuff to the jeep uh I put in the uh put the lift kit on it uh changed out all the front end parts uh not including the ball joints but uh new drag link so on and so forth and i thought well you know i did a uh, an eyeball type uh, alignment but it probably needs to be aligned uh, mm. my buddy says, well, it's probably not, uh, the alignment, but you know, get it aligned. They'll tell you what's wrong with it one way or another. Yeah. Typically if you're, if you're having tire wear like that and it is an alignment issue more than oftentimes you'll, you'll see that kind of tire wear on both exactly. sides. Exactly. One. Yeah, that's exactly what I expected. So when, uh, Firestone said, uh, your upper, well, actually they, they said your, the two upper ball joints on the passenger side need to be replaced. And I got about half of two, and, and she corrected to both, I mean, both sides. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this, nice that's the thing that makes me nervous about these places is that you don't know what they know about your vehicle. And, and they may know about modern day vehicles, but not about the Jeep or not know anything about front axle vehicles. But anyway, so that just confirmed what I needed to know. I uh, placed an order for uh, two, two pairs of Spicer uh, ball joints from Amazon.com. And uh, that was about 100 bucks for, the, uh, for, for all, all of them. I think that's right. I think they, yeah, they were, uh, um, well, so yeah, real total quick, of 99.30 for, the, for, those, uh, for those four. Go ahead. Real quick. So we had, uh, I think just last episode, we were talking uh, real quick about, uh, about ball joints and prices. And I had, I had a buddy who had gotten quoted 250 for a set of four Moog ball joints. Uh, and then we had, I, you know, just while we were doing the show, I had looked up on amazon.com and set, found a set of alloy USA 
ball joints, set of uppers and lowers for $118, I think shipped even, mm -hmm. from Amazon.com. And I thought that was a pretty good price. Now, if you got Spicer ball joints, both sets, upper and lower, for 100 bucks, man, that's I think that's a pretty sweet deal. Well, you know, the Spicer is what came on it, and I figure if it got 170,000 miles out of the, 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 the two pair that's on there now, I mean, I don't know when they are actually actually went bad, but... Uh, you know, I've got 170,000 miles on it. I'll uh, I'll put another set in there. And besides, this is for the 99 and not my 98. So I may be looking at Alloy or, or another brand for mine. I just have to do more research. But this was a quick thing I needed to get done. So I went with Spicer. So, so I got. Tony, do you have the uh, Do you have the tools to do it, or are you gonna have a shop do it? Oh, it's done, man. Oh wow, very good. Yeah, that's part of the story. Wait for it. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you guys on the pre-show, Josh and I really don't talk about uh, things uh, before, uh, you know, like during the week. So he's he's hearing this thing for the first time. So anyway, I uh, I also did did my research, and this was a research I did a couple of months ago, and I actually had these parts in my wish list on Amazon.com, and it just so happened that it was the 99 that turned out to be the first thing that I needed to uh, to fix. Because remember, guys, I got three Jeeps, so that's three sets of ball joints that I'm I'm looking at replacing. So I figured it was worth getting the uh, OTC 7894 ball joint service adapter for, for Jeep slash Dodge. And basically what these things are are big, huge hunks of uh, metal cylinders that fit perfectly on the Spicer ball joints. And oh. it has a little metal uh, for the other side of the ball joint. Uh, it has a little cap that uh, allows enough room so that the ball joint can be pressed into the uh, what would you call that on the Dana 30? It's not the knuckle. It's, uh, you know, the part that the ball joints go down to. Is that just I, the axle? That is the knuckle, yeah. Well, what's the part that, that turns on it? Well, so the, well, okay, so I guess that, yeah, you're right. You're right. So there's the, I guess the flange or whatever, and then you have the knuckle that actually pivots on I the like, ball joint. I like flange. Flange yeah, sounds we'll good. Go with that. I'm we'll sure go, there's a, some sort of scientific uh, terminology that goes with that, but we'll go with flange. Yeah, I'd like to know what that's called. Guys, let us know. Uh, but anyway, the, the part that, the, that holds the ball joints uh, that pr gets pressed into. So uh, this little thing came with the little, uh, the little part that allows you to, to, to put that on there and twist it at the right angle because it's, it's not flat. It's not level. They actually mm. took into account for that slope on the flange. So you can actually press the, the ball joint out straight and press it in straight without having to use little washers or a, a big thick piece of metal to, to make up that gap. Worked out great. Now, I'll, I'll tell you real quick. It's a little nerve-wracking putting the big ass C clamp on there to press the ball joint out. And I'm telling you, I was using a three foot uh, torque wrench at one point trying to get that ball joint out. And I went as far as I could go with it. And I'm a big boy and I'm thinking to myself, that C clamp is going to break. I, yeah. It probably won't, but I just didn't like the idea of being that close to that big a piece of metal when it came apart. So I took my little mini sledge, just a little bit, it's about the hammer size, and I tapped on the flange, the part that goes around the uh, the ball joint, and tapped it a few times, and bam, it let loose. Yeah, when those things uh, release, especially if there's any amount of corrosion or anything built up in those, I mean, there's a lot of force. These are a pressed-in yes. uh, item, you know, it's not just something you screw in or drops down in the hole, they are pressed in and it's and a large hunk of metal too on both yeah. on, on yeah. both surfaces very large pieces of metal uh and substantial yeah you got all that force in there and and there's a lot of tension a lot of kinetic energy or potential mm -hmm. energy built up on that on that uh, both well on the ball joint itself as well as that 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 c-clamp and uh and that's a lot of tension all built up and you give it a good whack with the hammer when all that tension releases yeah it's you better have some earplugs in <laughs> yep it released and i thought oh this is wonderful this is now, now guys this is the first time i've ever done ball joints so i didn't know what to expect and uh, it released i took the the the, the nice fancy 75 dollars worth of uh tools the little clamp things you know not even counting the hundred dollar big c clamp so anyway i took all that stuff off there and went to pull that ball joint out it was not ready to come out. I had to put it all back on and oh, go yeah. through the same thing and tap it with the hammer. And it did it about three times. So I'm telling you, when you get to the point where you think it won't go any further, just tap the, the flange, not the, not the ball joint, even though you, at this point you don't really have to worry about damaging the ball joint because it's coming out of there. 
but just tap the side and it will release. And uh, it came out, took me about five hours on Saturday, last Saturday, to do the passenger side. And then uh, I went out there on Sunday and it took me maybe, maybe two hours because I knew what to expect. It was very quick. I, I, I do not fear changing ball joints. Uh, now, I will say this 99, even though we got it used, was a Texas Jeep. So I'm sure I didn't have to go through some of the, the grumbling and bitching and moaning that a lot of you guys have to do uh, that when you live out there in the Rust Belt. So uh, don't hesitate to do the ball joints. Oh, and I did get some uh, PB Blaster my first time uh, to use that stuff. Boy, it stinks. Uh- <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it does, but it does work. So uh, ball joints are on. We still need to go get the uh, uh, get the alignment, and then we're going to be replacing a tire and using one of the brand, uh, or, or rather the brand new spare that's in the back. And uh, we'll, ah, have, we'll have two new t- tires there on the back, and uh, we'll we'll all be good again. Well, I'm glad you brought up the uh, the the fact of having to use a hammer, folks. You definitely don't want to you know try and force the C clamp to do all the work especially those of us out there who are using like the big Harbor Freight C-Clamp, the four-wheel drive ball joint service toolkit, as it is so labeled. It's a great tool. It will certainly do the trick. It's great for U-joints. It's great for for axle U-joints. It's great for even ball joints is what it's designed for, Um, except you don't want it to make it, you don't want to make it do all the work. And that's where the hammer comes in. And you get that shock wave of all that force uh, going through, going through the knuckle, going through the axle, the flange, the ball joint itself, and it, and it releases that that tension built up in the press. Uh, the 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 press tool is just there to kind of do most of the work, and that hammer is actually going to do a lot of the work itself as well. So don't try and uh, you, you don't even have to use a whole lot of heat. Obviously, those of you in the rust belt, you want to use penetrating oil. A little bit of heat wouldn't hurt, but make sure you got a hammer, and you're going to need one of those big uh, one of those big C clamps. Yeah, and also too, I didn't mention it was a little hard getting the knuckle off uh, the, the the Dana Thirty flange. And, uh, I did see a real good video where you use a couple uh, like a, a big sledge and another sledge to, uh, tap the thing off there. I actually used a pickle fork and, uh, was yeah. able to get it off with a, with air chisel. Anyway, uh, we need to move, move along here. We, uh, went a little, little long on our chit chat session as we normally do. Hopefully if we get, uh, wrapped up here in time, we can uh, revisit it, Josh. Absolutely. I was going to say, I can't wait for the uh, review on those Spicer ball joints. And I was going to use that as a segue to go right into our iTunes review segment, uh, where we ask you guys to go ahead and head over to iTunes. uh, Give us a five-star review. Our entire podcast is there for your downloading pleasure, as well as on Stitcher Radio. We encourage you guys to head over there and please comment and rate us. Give us a five-star review, if you so would. Uh, we'll take any review that we can get. We would definitely appreciate a five-star review, though, if you can. And we recently had a five-star review from one of our listeners, uh, one of the fans of the show. XJ Awesomeness is how he describes us by XJ Jake. And he says, I love listening to the show. You guys are funny and informative. It's an easy listen for the drive to work, and I look forward to the new episodes coming out every week. Keep up the good work, guys. Keep it light, and thank you for the show and the forum. I love them both. Man, well, I love XJ- hearing that. Yeah, really. It's I love these kind of reviews. It's way cool, and I'm very happy to read this kind of stuff on the air. So if you guys would like a review read on the air, well, head over to Stitcher, head over to iTunes, and give us a five-star review. Leave a comment. You'll be sure to get on the air. Yep, yep. And uh, I like hearing about the uh, drive uh, to and from work because that's how I listen to podcasts. It's, uh, it's, it's like talk radio. It's a, a lot of fun. So let's well, we get some- on to our uh, our voicemails, Josh. And uh, yep. you know that reminds me, uh, Nikki G had said he's he's not hearing the music anymore on uh, the uh, the voice the answering machine. I'm gonna have to go check that out. Google Plus must have, must have screwed us over. Oh. <laughs> hey, this is Tony, and this is Josh from the XJ Talk Show. We want to thank you for calling our 24 seven voice line. Yes, we do. Just leave your first name and your question or comment. There's no guarantee, but we may play your message on the podcast. Oh, and don't worry about keeping it clean. We'll take care of that. Now it's your turn to speak at the beep. Hi, guys. This is James, spells PT in the forum, calling in from the other side, continental Europe. Uh, I was listening to your rant about the traffic in the fast lane, slow lane deal. See, over here in Europe, we fixed that whole problem. We don't have fast lane and slow lanes. We have driving lanes and passing lanes. What you guys need to do is call your congressman and ask them to repave all your highways. That way they have passing lane and driving lanes. 
See how it works is the driving lane, the right-hand most lane, is used for driving at normal speeds close to the limit. The passing lane is used for when you want to pass somebody. After passing the person you have passed, you should move over to the driving lane. Passing lane if you don't need to be in that lane. So that's how it works over here, and it actually works quite well. High beam flashing is perfectly acceptable if you're coming up on a slow-moving car and you want them to get out of your way. It is uh, quite normal to get passed on the highway with a, with a vehicle doing easily 50% more than you are, even though you could be going 60 to 80 miles an hour. Anyway, so get on that and then write, write your letter to your call your congressman and get, you, get all your highways repaved with uh, passing lanes instead of this fast lane, slow lane, because you might get somebody in there driving 60 who thinks they're driving awful fast, so they need to be in the fast lane. Get on it. Talk to you later. Hey, appreciate yeah. that information, James. The only problem is in Texas, if you start flashing your lights, uh, you might get a warning shot uh, across your bow. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> up here, I think the only thing that's going to get paved new is going to be some granola or something like that. Yeah, that's, that's not going to happen anytime soon, James, no matter how much I bitch to the congressman. Hey, this is Vicky D. And uh, I've got a little problem with Jeep this week. Uh, do some work on it. And uh, I'm getting a little older and wiser. So I figure uh, safety third. When I jack it up, I want to put it on a set of stands. So uh, I go to the store to get some stands. So I've been using cinder blocks my whole life. Oh, no. like my daddy before me, him. Just like my daddy before me, my daddy before him. Anyhow, so I go to the store to get some uh, stands. And all I can find are jack stands. Now, who is this guy Jack, and why does he need so many stands? And uh, how come Walmart doesn't stack? stock mix stands, and they looked at me funny when I asked the special order it. <laughs> yeah, it's a conundrum, guys. All right, I'll chat you later. You guys have a good one. Bye. <laughs> Always appreciate the offerings from Nikki G, and uh, he reminds me of the Saturday Night Live uh, skit from the original crew where, oh, I can't remember her name. She was always getting the the information wrong, and then uh, Chevy Chase would uh, correct her. No, it means this, and she'd go, oh, never mind. Yeah, I figure, you know, I was going to say, uh, I think the tinfoil on Nikki's head is getting in the way of hearing the music. Yeah, it very possibly could be. Hello, everyone. My name is Harry Franco, or the big dog on uh, most off-road Jeep forums. I um, just wanted to tell everybody about a project I'm trying to get off the ground. It's called Hidden Wounds XJ. Uh, what is What are hidden wounds? Uh, well, veterans are coming back from war with uh, hidden wounds. They were... One's called Shell Shock and Battle Fatigue. Today they have a new name called Post Traumatic Stress Disorder or PTSD and Traumatic Brain Injury or TBI. PTSD and TBI are hidden wounds because there are no visible wounds or scars. I personally have PTSD and I'm, and I'm 70% service-connected disabled. But I'm getting the help I need, but there are veterans out there that are not. I want to build up this Jeep Cherokee to take to events like car shows, off-road events, and veterans events to help raise awareness to the general public about PTSD and TBI. It seems everyone knows someone that has deployed, so I'm getting the help I need. I want every veteran to get the help they deserve. I have a Facebook page where I sell stickers, and I currently have a raffle going on to help raise money for the project. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash hidden wounds xj and hidden wounds xj is one word thank you and uh, please visit my facebook page thank you you know no disrespect to our, our first caller james but if you're going to call your congressman about something um i think you should call them and tell them we need to pay our soldiers uh, a good wage and we also need to make sure that they find jobs and i think if we're going to be spending billions of dollars on things like uh, health care for people that uh, uh, are not working for it, we ought to spend that money on our soldiers because they're the ones that have put their life on the line and the ones that uh, the majority obviously are making it back, but they have uh, these problems, including missing limbs uh, so and, and traumatic head injuries, that they're not the same people they were before, and they may not even be able to support their family like they were before. So we need to think about our, our, our military every day because they're the reasons why we're still 
uh, living the life we're living now. Absolutely. I really thanks again, Harry, for uh, calling in, calling in with that. Uh, I do some work with the Wounded Warrior Project. It's just nice to see something else along those same lines uh, that you know really benefit our, our soldiers, especially those coming back uh, with with these kind of issues. So uh, thanks again for calling in, and hope to hear back from you often. Hey, this is Nikki G, and uh, Josh is getting paid to wheel. That's great. <laughs> Corporate sellout. <laughs> corporate sellout. <laughs> Catch you later. Bye. <laughs> Absolutely. I was going to ask you. So that wasn't the corporate uh, corporate wheeling thing. The corporate sellout wheeling thing that you did this past weekend. No, no. That the, this last weekend was just a uh, was just a, a little fun run. So uh, no, that'll be coming up. Uh, the the getting paid to wheel run <laughs> will be uh, coming up here later this well later in March, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> wheeling whore. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> I know. I'm not going to hear the end of this. It's from Josh's subconscious. Did you guys hear that I'm going to get paid to take strangers up in the woods? <laughs> I told them I'd take the men up there for free. <clears throat> Anyways, I'm thinking about writing a screenplay. It starts out with two guys out wheeling in the Pueblo Mountains, and all of a sudden they break down because their jeep isn't red end up having to get rescued by these park rangers, but their siren is broken, so they just have one of them just sitting on the top of the truck, just going, woo, 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 woo. <laughs> and then they make a campfire and demonstrate their knowledge about keeping warm. <laughs> ah, yes. I think I'll call it Rope Deep Mountain. Anyways, it's time for my curlers to come out. Toodaloo! <laughs> Damn, Josh, you're a colorful person inside your head. Uh, you know, I, I I don't have my curlers in tonight, so uh, you know, <laughs> trying trying to try some different styles and stuff. And yeah, you know, hey, never underestimate the benefit of some cuddling in the woods to keep yourself warm. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do, man. <laughs> All right, let's get to uh, our Jeep Tip segment. This is uh, going to be winching part two. And I'm just going to tell you tell you now, Josh, because I know you're going to need to be disappointed, but a lot of what Steve talks about in here just reaffirms that I was right when we talked about snow winching. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now for a disclaimer. Jeep tips is for entertainment purposes only. If you choose to follow these tips, man up and take the responsibility for your own actions. If you cannot or you feel that working on your Jeep is beyond your abilities, seek the help or advice of a trained certified mechanic. Got a tip? We do. It's time for Jeep Tips. Today I'd like to talk about winching. A couple of weeks ago, Tony had a series by me on winching and then we also had uh, Josh make some comments about uh, rescuing people in snow around the Portland area and uh, Tony asked me to talk about a few more things involved with winching. First of all I'd like to say that a winch is not a license to be stupid. A lot of us uh, think that we have a winch on our vehicle we can get out of anything and so we'll try the impossible and frankly a smart wheeler is not going to try everything or to take every line. It just isn't good for our vehicles and it can make for some tears later on. Uh, if the mud hole looks too deep, it just might be. And uh, if it looks too steep, it just might be too. So we need to have a few ounces of common sense involved, even if we do have that insurance policy on the front bumper. Now there's uh, Another thing that you need to know about winches, and, and that is that if you come upon somebody that you want to winch out of that mud hole they couldn't get through, it's much easier to go back out the way you came than it is to go forward. So if you have to rescue somebody, yeah, it might be nice to go forward, and unless there's a compelling reason that the vehicle needs to go forward through some obstacle that it couldn't get through, the best practice really is to get around behind it and take it out the way that it went in. It's far easier because the differentials have already cleared debris and you know that the vehicle can make it that far. So if you uh, come up against some unseen obstacle going forward, uh, it can cause you a little grief. And there's all kinds of stories uh, in four-wheeler and off-road magazines and so forth of impossible stucks that happen because uh, of things uh, 
that don't involve a lot of common sense and of trying to get a vehicle through something that it shouldn't have gone through in the first place. Now, when you uh, come across somebody uh, that is stuck and you want to help them out, and we all want to be good Samaritans, uh, it's just part of the wheeling community. If, if you come upon people that need help, you should help them. Uh, but there's a few little rules that you need to follow to cover your own ass. And one is, is if they have tow points, that's great. You can hook up to a tow point and uh, you can pull them out and without any big deal. However, you always want to have them hook it up. Because if something does happen, let's face it, uh, you're going to be liable for it if you hook it up. If they hook it up, and if you are winching them at their request, then the liability is on them. And if their tow points aren't properly secured, or uh, the welds break, or any other number of stupid little things that can happen, then that's their problem. It's not yours. And if their equipment is faulty, you want to keep it their problem and not have it be yours. Now, there's going to be times that you come across people that need to be pulled out. Uh, they're stuck in the snow. They've bought their Jeep for the first time and took it up wheeling and got it stuck and so forth and so on. Uh, and they don't have tow points attached. And this can be a problem for a winch. A winch puts a lot of force on something. Uh, if you're down to that last wrap on the drum, my winch will put almost five tons of force on that rig that's in front of me. And that's a lot when you think about it. Uh, 9,500 pounds is a lot of pull. And so you have to kind of watch what you're pulling on. So there's uh, some things that you need to do. First, if you're going to have uh, to pull somebody out uh, and they don't have tow points, you need to attach to something solid. Now with a Jeep, that's not too bad. You can attach to an axle tube. And uh, as long as you don't pitch a brake line or something like that, uh, attaching to an axle tube by a spring perch or a suspension link is a very acceptable way in my opinion to uh, handle that situation. Uh, what you don't want to do is attach to the bumper uh, unless it's a very substantial bumper that somebody's put on an aftermarket bumper or uh, you don't want to attach to uh, sway bars or anything that's just held on by very small bolts. So when you're doing this there is some equipment that it helps to have uh, one of the things that I carry is a snatch strap and that should be part of everybody's repertoire and my strap is a 20 foot 2 inch strap and uh, it is just like any other strap you can buy with one exception I have put a short length of log chain on one end of it with a hook on it so that you can hook into the links again and, and form a loop so if you have to attach to an axle, let's say, or uh, some other substantial point, and your clevises, which won't go around hardly anything, uh, won't get over it, you can use this little piece of chain. Uh, mine is two feet long, and you can go around an axle tube or something else that's substantial, and it won't be a problem. You can have a nice, secure, solid place to attach, and you can go from there. Another trick that you can use is to use your tree strap. Everybody should have a tree strap by the way and their little bag of tricks to go with their winch and with this tree strap what you can do is you can attach to more than one place on a vehicle. You can loop the strap through itself on one end and then you can uh, attach to that to something uh, a suspension A-arm for instance on a car and then you can go to the other side and uh, use that with a little short piece of chain or something and you can attach to the other side and then you can put a good strong pull on a car uh, even an import let's say and bring them out just fine without any damage and indeed if you were driving a wrecker this is one of the things you would do you would 
look for points like that. They have nice big hooks to do that with, but I don't like carrying that much weight. So uh, that's what I use, my tree strap. Another thing is if uh, you've got a hard pull and somebody's got toe points, you can attach your strap with your clevises to, say, two front toe points on the bumper and minimize the stress on them that way. So anything to take it easy on the vehicle is a good thing. And remember, have the owner hook it up. And if you think it's going to be a problem, take a picture of them doing it so that you've got a record of them doing it. Now the other thing that I carry in my little bag of tricks for my winch is a uh, snatch block. And uh, one of the things, for instance, if you uh, are stuck in a road, I've been that way on snow, for instance, and need to winch, uh, all the trees are off to one side. Or the brush, if you want to hook to the base of the brush, uh, they're not in the middle of the road. And you probably need to go down the middle of the road. So you can take your snatch strap and clevises and so forth, and you can attach to a piece of brush or a tree on one side, put the strap to the middle of the road, put the snatch block on the end of that strap, and then the cable can go through your snatch block and go through to the tree, which is over on the other side of the road, and winch yourself down the center of the road, which is probably where you want to go anyway. Now there's one more thing that I want to uh, address here, and, and I came across a situation one time where I was uh, uh, wheeling in the Rubicon Trail area, and I came across a pickup that was stuck in the snow. It was a uh, late model uh, Chevy three-quarter ton four-wheel drive, and uh, the thing weighed 6,800 pounds empty, and that's just really hard to move with an XJ that only weighs 3,400 pounds, in other words, half. And uh, I thought, well, I'd help this guy out, and so I went out there and hooked up to him and couldn't budge him on the snow, so I stretched all the cable out, hooked up all the straps I had and everything, and got myself on pavement and started the winch up, and I actually moved the Jeep, skidded the tires across the pavement and couldn't budge that pickup. So the owner of the pickup said, hey, no problem. We'll just chain your XJ up to a tree, and then you can really give me a good pull. And I said, uh-uh, we're not doing that. You can get away with stuff like that with a vehicle that has a frame. But you have to remember that a Cherokee doesn't have a frame. It's a unibody vehicle. And if you start chaining it up to things and putting five tons of pressure on it, you could incur some damage to your own vehicle. And I just said, hey, man, I can't do that. I just can't hook my vehicle up to a tree like that and start pulling. It doesn't have a real frame. So it ended up, I couldn't get the guy out. Uh, fortunately, he had some other help coming, and I said, well, sorry, man, uh, as long as you got help coming. And uh, I took off. So it's, uh, you know, it... It may not be that you can get everybody out, but you need to be sure that you're only pulling with the force of your own vehicle involved. Uh, that way you won't tear anything apart and uh, you may not break any cables either or uh, winch rope. So in the end, it's just a lot of common sense. you got to think things out beforehand and make sure that you don't make a blunder into a worse blunder by not using proper winching practices. Well, I sure appreciate that uh, that tip from uh, from Steve. Winching part two. There's a lot of, lot to know about winching. It's a dangerous thing. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it, and a lot of tricks and tips that can really uh, improve your recovery techniques when, well, out in the snow, on the road, or even off the road. Yep. Well, guys, that's another show. Episode 118 is in the bag, in the can. Uh, you know, we ought to do a show in, from the can one time. I'd have to move all the stuff downstairs. My wife would really think I was insane. Well, I don't know if I have a mic cord quite that long enough. <laughs> or one you want to throw away after you've used it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, guys, don't forget to follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, also Stitcher Radio. You know, uh, Stitcher Radio also has a review process. Give us five stars and give us a review. We've only got two reviews over there. So yeah, uh, we know you guys it, are it's out free. There listening. 
It's free, so, you know, go sign up. Get it on your phone. Yeah, we know you guys are out there listening to Stitcher Radio, so just take a moment, head over there, and give us a review and leave a quick comment. We encourage you guys to head over to xjtalkshow.com where you can listen clear back to episode one if you so desire. The entire show archive is there at your fingertips for your listening pleasure. Listen to the early episodes and laugh. Don't forget about us on iTunes. Uh, of course, we mentioned YouTube, uh, the website. Don't forget about xjtalk.com. That's the reason why we're here. It's uh, the premier Jeep Cherokee website, no matter what you may have heard. And uh, Josh, March, the first part of March, I think it's March 3rd, five years. Will be wow. the, the, the site will have been up for five years, and we've never had a fight. That's awesome, man. Looking <laughs> forward to another birthday party there. And uh, we want to thank Rob for our first Wrangler segment. Glad to have him on board. Hopefully, we'll be able to get some uh, regular content coming over from him. Guys, don't forget, you can be a part of the show as well by giving us a 24-7 voicemail line of call. That number, 530-675-4102. we got a third seat open. It could be just for you. Well, Josh, have you done ball joints before? You know, I've uh, I've done them on other vehicles. I haven't done them on Jeeps yet, but you know, my ball joint service tool has been used for at least three different sets of ball joints now. So uh, my tool has been used on more balls than my own. Wait, what? Wow, that's saying a lot. And, <laughs> and, and you're a hell of a guy for being having the courage to say it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for joining in. Uh, make sure we, you check us out next week. We'll see you next time. Good night. Hi, I'm Rob from CoolGuysStuff.tv, and I am excited to be joining Tony and Josh on the XJ Talk Show with a brand new segment focused on everything Wrangler. I'll hit it all from tires to tops with everything in between. This is going to be fun, and I am looking forward to getting to know this side of our Jeep family.